Welcome back to Vet Together. Coming up on today's show, I'm answering all of your pet questions, and we talk with Hollywood, yes, Hollywood actress and star of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Elizabeth Henstridge. So whether you're sitting down with the cat and a cup of tea or you're putting your headphones in and going for a jog with the dog for the next 40 minutes, I'm coming with you. This podcast is sponsored by Zilkeen, a calming supplement made with a natural ingredient for cats and dogs. Zilkeen can help your pet cope during stressful situations such as separation, loud noises and changes to their routine. Speak to your vet today for more information. I want to say a massive thank you to everybody that has sent me questions this week, that has emailed me, that has found us on social media. It's been such a great response and I just wanted to say a huge hello, huge welcome and this is this is so exciting. So thank you so much and uh, and let's let's carry on. Let's keep going. But first, I must start with a Sprout update because this week our little pet lamb Sprout achieved something that after 12 years on Twitter, I have failed to reach these dizzying heights. Sprout went viral. (laughs) We have been posting little videos of Sprout with Oliver, Sprout running up the garden path, Sprout running around the kitchen, and Twitter has just melted, which has been so amazing to see. And then today, and I can't quite believe I'm saying this, we were approached by a magazine for an interview, which is amazing. Not for me. This is for Oliver and Sprout, (laughs) which I have to say, I am a very, very proud dad. I could not be happier for them. (laughs) But I am, but we are obviously as well, very aware that they, that she is a lamb and that she is going to have to go out in the field. And uh, that time is coming very, very soon. In fact, tonight we're going to try and see if we can adjust things a little bit and just wean her out into the rest of the flock. And, and I will bring you updates. We tried it the other day and she immediately did a 180 and pegged it back to the gate and managed to get between our legs and threw back into the garden, back into Oliver's bed before we'd even managed to shut the gate. So I'm not holding out a huge amount of hope, but we have got got to make this happen because sheep we in a kitchen is, I can tell you, very, very smelly. And on that note, I think we should move on (laughs) to some listeners' questions. So I've had so many questions in and thank you so much to everybody. I've already said it once, I know, but it has been a great response. And I think now uh, it's probably a good time just to pause and reflect on this pivotal and hugely important movement that's happening with the with the Black Lives Matter protests um, and what's happening in the media. I have found this week incredibly challenging, hugely upsetting, as I know so many people have. We've been reading, we've been learning, listening, educating ourselves. But I think for me, I mean, I, I grew up going to school in, in Bradford and I can very clearly remember the 2001 um, Bradford riots, which at the time were sort of the first time I think I'd really experienced true visible racism. Whilst we can't control a lot of things, the one thing that we can control is ourselves and how we are and how we approach this. And so this is my pledge to you as listeners that I will do everything in my power to make sure that I maintain a diverse space and hopefully keep a level of representation to make sure that everybody that's listening feels seen, feels valued, feels a part of this. The reason I'm bringing this up on a podcast 
about about veterinary and about animals is because our animals don't judge us and this community is is for animal lovers so i don't know i suppose that's my manifesto and i just wanted to show my support and love so shall we get on to some questions let's see who we've got in Okay, right. The first question is no great surprise on food. And what natural foods would you recommend for arthritis in the pores? Okay, so arthritis as a condition, I think it's obviously it's very common and a lot of people have heard of arthritis and a lot of people suffer with arthritis. But just because we've heard of it and a lot of people are aware of it, it doesn't mean that that's now the norm. It doesn't mean that as dogs get older, we should just accept that they get arthritis. So I think to ask the question is really a really good thing. And, you know, diet and nutrition do have a role to play um, with arthritis. Whilst I'm an absolute advocate for feeding the the best quality food we can, because it does definitely have an effect on dogs' overall health. There is no question about it. Um, What I would say is that actually when it comes to managing arthritis, a lot of the diets that are produced with on the label for joint health, it's normally because they've incorporated what we call a nutraceutical into them. So a nutraceutical is basically a, a nutritional pharmaceutical. So it's essentially giving uh, something that they eat. So it's a, it's a nutrition that has potentially got a health benefit beyond the kind of nutritional element of itself. But this market is is quite poorly regulated. Um, there's loads and loads and loads of joint supplements on the market. And it's it can be very difficult to navigate which ones will do something and which ones won't. But unfortunately, the science is quite lacking in, in a lot of them. So whilst it will definitely do no harm, there is a limit potentially to how much they will do. Having said that, I will say anecdotally, a lot of clients do come into the practice and say that they will absolutely swear by whatever joint supplement that they are they are using. You know, it's it's worth possibly exploring this, but you, I would talk to your own vet. But when it comes to exactly which foods we should be feeding, I I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily get bogged down into trying to look for the best, you know, in in inverted commas, food for arthritis as such, I think instead, I would maybe focus more on portion control, which might sound a bit of a weird thing to say. But one thing that we know, is that obesity has a direct link to the worsening of arthritis. And it's well documented that unfortunately, we have a growing obesity issue within our pets. So portion control um, and making sure that we don't overfeed our, our pets is is also hugely, hugely influential when it comes to managing arthritis. I would really urge everybody to, to, to go and look at. I mean, it doesn't actually say in the question if we're talking about a dog or, or a cat, well, even a rabbit, I don't know, um, when it says, when it just says arthritis in the paws. But if we are talking dog, then caninearthritis.co.uk is a great website written by vets, um, which is all about canine arthritis arthritis and the management and the understanding of it and where we are in terms of all the latest science and data and, and it's a brilliant website and I really urge you to go and go and take a good look at that okay right what's next let me have a look uh we've got <laughs> this I just I mean do spiders dream <laughs> we're going from canine arthritis in paws to asking do spiders dream? I mean literally this is why I'm going to read it out because I was like so I don't know. <laughs> My answer is, I'm going to say, let's just hope. I would love it if spiders dream. Can you imagine if spiders spend all their time dreaming about, you know, living in 
bananas traveling the world and doing all this crazy stuff and flies have like nightmares <laughs> about spider cobwebs i don't know i think we're going into a new territory here um but don't forget you can send me all of your pet questions to vet together official at gmail.com or you can find me on instagram at vet together official and drop me a direct message on there And just to make it crystal clear, please understand that I can only offer broad advice on veterinary topics and that I am not allowed to diagnose specific conditions. So if your pet is in need of veterinary attention, it's important that you do contact your own registered vet. Okay, right. You have walked the dog, you fed the cat, the hamster is playing happily in its wheel. It's time to sit back, pour yourself a cup of tea as I introduce our guest. Elizabeth Henstridge is an English-born actress currently living in LA with her fiancé Zach and their rescue dog Maggie. Elizabeth has starred in many TV and film series, but she's probably best known for playing Gemma Simmons in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Growing up on a farm in Sheffield, animals have always played a huge part in her life, and now with Maggie planted firmly by her side wherever she goes, including on set, we chat with Elizabeth as she takes a break from filming her new Apple TV series. Should we go for it? Yeah, go oh, for no, it. I'm scared. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to go for it. You ready? I'm so ready. It's Elizabeth Henstridge. <laughs> Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. It's so lovely to see you and hear you. I know, through the power of our technological know-how, which is quite low for me. Well, it's extremely low for me, as uh, as we've just proven, as it's taken us about six <laughs> attempts to get this off the ground. But uh, thank you so, so much for coming on. It's great to see you. And it's very kind of you to agree to come and have a chat with us today. Oh, my gosh. Of course. Um, how's, lo- how's lockdown life over there? It's all right. You know, we've got into our routine. So I live in Los Angeles. I know you do. Um. <laughs> uh in an apartment so it's and it's not that that big so I am here with my fiance Zach um and we fared very well to be honest we've done I've never bought so many home things in my whole life I've got three new rugs four new rugs I bought lots of you know cushions and photo frames all the Um, accessories all the accessories have been bought and delivered uh, yeah, so we're good. I mean, I got the last, I was working in England at the time of COVID-19 shutdown. So I got the last flight out to LA. And so I've been here ever since. So it was sort of bittersweet to leave England, obviously, but it's nice right. to be. But that was nice. very exciting. It was very exciting to have you back in England for that short period, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. But um, so you got back to LA and then has it just been sort of I don't know, are you allowed out yet or are you, are you still in, in full-on quarantine? Or We've always been allowed out. <laughs> so okay. Allowed out the house. Um, yeah, we've, we, we never had the restrict because you had the hour restriction, didn't you, at first? Mm, of like exercising so, things, full-on. Yeah, full-on. Yeah, we never had that. It's very mask-centric here, so everybody's pretty much in a mask. Um, but no, we've been able to sort of go out as we wish um but you don't we haven't that much you know we go for a little walk each day yeah. um, but that's about it really but it's been nice to, it's been a nice time in a way just to center and yeah isn't um, it I think that a lot of people are sort of talking about that how it's been this sort of quite um I don't know what the word is to describe it because there is no way to describe it because it's so un 
well, I'm not going to say unprecedented because everybody is saying that, but it is, isn't it? It's just so weird. But it's been a very sort of grounding experience, I think, in a lot of ways. And and sort of a lot of people have maybe just hit the reset button and and reevaluated quite a lot in their life, really, from, from everything. But we were... We were sort of talking a bit about this with um, Dr. Rada, who was my previous guest, about how kind of having our pets around for a lot of people has been a huge support in this really odd times that we're that we're living in as well. And I'm going to use that as the perfect excuse to introduce <laughs> Tell Me Everything, because I know we're going to get onto it. I know you're, obviously you've grown up, you know, with animals all around you all your life through, um, and you have now got somebody as well as your very delightful fiance. There's somebody else <laughs> very important in your life, isn't there? Would you like to introduce? Here she comes. Here she comes. Maggie. <laughs> Look at her. Oh, she's so gorgeous. She's on steroids, poor love. She's on steroids. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, bless uh, her. I know, but she's doing quite well at the moment, actually. So it's, a, it's a bit of a roller coaster, isn't it, when they have, like, oh, you know, no. different stiffness sometimes, but she's doing very well yeah. at the moment. Oh, good. Um, and Helen diagnosed it on a video. Helen being Sister Helen. Sister Helen. So Helen is my link with James as of, what, like 20 years ago? Oh, no. oh gosh, is it? But you definitely look a lot younger than I do. If that was if that was the case, <laughs> LA has been very kind to you, whereas uh, the Southwest has been a little bit more, a little bit harder on me. But yeah, no. Tell us about tell us about how she came into your life then. So I moved here in. Um, well, I first came out in November 2011, but then uh, just for a month, and then I ended up sort of sneakily moving here in January 2012 um and it was very uh it all felt very temporary and it was very sort of um it was a bit of a crazy first year to be honest and you know just sort of very um hand to mouth like I want to say foot and mouth but hand to mouth <laughs> this is this is the, the fact that you've got two vets as sisters now isn't it it's obvious um then you know one thing led to another I ended up booking Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh I moved out on my own got my own apartment for the first time and I always knew I wanted I mean I love animals as we all do um so getting a dog for me was a really symbolic pivotal point in my journey of kind of independence um just to be because when I came here I I just always felt on the back foot. I felt like I didn't really know, you know, how to flip in, fill up a car with petrol, never mind look after anybody else. And, you know, you make mistake after mistake. But for me, getting a dog and being able to rescue a dog was such a, um, oh, I don't know what you call it, but one of those moments, one of those like milestone moments of I can take care of something else. And she just brought me so much joy and I was living on my own. And so it was, you know, it gets you out the house. But it does, though, doesn't it? And I think it's, yeah, it's, it's that sort of altruistic thing of it. Is you're sort of looking after something else, but ironically, that's also looking after yourself, isn't it? It's quite, it's quite yeah. reflective when we look after our pets. And I think, you know, especially going through the, you know, like you say, with a rescue dog as well, you kind of, people talk about rescuing each other, don't you? Because, you know, you, you, they come into our lives at a time where we need them as much as they need us. How do you, how have you sort of, I mean, when you got the, the gig with the agency show, I can remember we were all just so excited. It was such <laughs> an amazing time. It was just phenomenal. Um, and like, you know, how, how did you sort of find living in England, living in America, you, especially maybe with 
with like the um, attitudes towards our pets. We and in England we're sort of known as this so slightly sort of extreme animal lovers. Is that the same over there as well, or do you sort of spot differences? Or I think it's more from. So I grew up, as you know, on sort of a semi farm with parents that loved having animals around but treated dogs very much as you know they're almost work dogs Mm. you know I grew up with Labradors and a token Jack Russell and they'd be running around the fields all day covered in mud like disgusting like sheep poo and all the you know all the things so there was just no like the dogs were not allowed anywhere apart from the kitchen and outside yeah sure I think I was maybe just brought up in a not extreme way, but like dogs were not, you know, they weren't about to sleep in your bed. Whereas Maggie sleeps in the bed. We had to get a bigger bed because she likes to stretch out. You know, everybody can have their, you can take your dog everywhere here. You can, they're at cafes. They've got special, Maggie's got a special seat and a special seat belt. Oh my word. (laughs) I would say it's very dog centric yeah i think england's becoming more like that though there's definitely yeah more, do you? yeah definitely there's a lot more kind of um dog friendly hotels and you know people now a lot of restaurants are even saying you know you can bring dogs into certain areas where previously that would just have never been the case but now yeah. i think a lot of businesses are realizing that we we have that connection to our dogs and it's no longer i think there's that fine line between it being that sort of stereotypical, you know, oh, look, look at them infantilizing and tr- treating that, that dog as a part of their family, you know. And instead yeah. people are saying, well, actually, they are part of the family. And, and it doesn't necessarily mean that we should just let dogs roam all over the place. And, you know, it's, it, there's, there's etiquette, isn't there, with a, with a dog as well in public. Um, and I think the UK is definitely lightening up to that and seeing that people do want to go out for dinner and they, they want to bring the dog with them. We do with Oliver, with our dogs. So I think it's great. You obviously got Maggie fairly early on in your when you moved over to LA. Um, yeah. Do you think that sort of brought about maybe like a bit of familiarity from from your from growing up with pets as well? Do you think it was something that, like you say, does it maybe helped you feel at home because you had a dog in your life? Totally, yeah, it really did. I, and I, yeah, I was lucky enough to grow up with lots of different animals, and I think. Um, you know, as a child, it teaches you so much responsibility and cleaning out the guinea pig hutch and, you know, like you've got chores to do. And and I think that that's really good. But it also it, it helps you to play. I think when I think I have a tendency sometimes to get quite serious about things. And then as soon as you have a little dog that just, you know, starts chewing your script or whatever, yeah. all of a sudden it, it you have that play um and i think it just that lightens doesn't it it just yeah, lightens yeah, everything exactly. i just love i just love the fact that people will be listening to this now and they've just heard elizabeth henstridge Gemma simmons from agents of shield talking <laughs> about cleaning out her guinea pig hutch <laughs> <laughs> i mean if you can uh, talk about being relatable i think everybody just went oh yeah you're right yeah i had to do that growing up as well <laughs> Like it's Sunday evening and you know you haven't done it. Your oh, so tell me about the rescue element. What made you go for a uh, go to rescue centre rather than rather than maybe private breeder, or was it something you always wanted to do? Or is that just what you've always done growing up? Or? Yeah, I think I sort of felt like a little rescue my first year here. Mm-hmm. That maybe I was like, well, this makes sense. And having two sisters that are vets that um, speak about 
you know, maybe dogs that have been overbred and they have lots, all sorts of health issues. I think that was probably in my psyche. Um, and so Zach is allergic to everything. Okay. <laughs> yeah, not helpful. Um, and so we needed uh, an animal that didn't shed. And so we found this lady who specializes in rescuing schnauzers, okay. miniature schnauzers. I mean, you, you know. There's something for everyone in LA. So uh, she, we went to go and visit her and she was um, like a half an hour drive away. And yeah, we met Maggie. And I mean, I don't think Maggie's schnauzer. I think she's a bit Maltese, a bit, what's that one? Lassalapsal? I never know how the to la- say it. <laughs> the Lassalapso. Yeah, there you go. Spot the bird. <laughs> I think she's got a bit of that in her. Um, anyway, they say they choose you, don't they? And she, we got warned that she was crazy and that she would bark and bite and all those things. But she, as soon as she was with us, she didn't do any of those things. She was just sweet, sweet, sweet. Zach picked her up and held her like a baby and she just flopped her legs back and put her head back. And it was like, oh, God. There you this go. It, here we go. <laughs> and, yeah, she's been brilliant. And then, um, yeah, I'm lucky enough to know quite a lot of vets and send various gross videos of is this normal? what's that and like I am a vet's best customer because I just go please do absolutely everything I don't care how much it costs like I am <laughs> my dog whatever it is like I'll remortgage the apartment let's just do it let's just get it done <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's funny because I was speaking with uh, another person and they were saying how like if it's maybe themselves or their kids um and they you know they sort of need to see a doctor it, it, it kind of you know they sort of give it give it a few days and see see yeah, if it gets exactly. better but the yeah. moment it's their dogs they're like right we need to get to the vet we need to get there now like now yeah. not even in, not even in this afternoon i want to go now and it's like wow okay oh, the love yeah. for our pets is just crazy isn't it it's crazy yeah i'm i mean i'm i am like mortally afraid of ticks because i've heard the horror stories where you go and take them out as a vet and then they crawl and they can crawl up into the back of your neck oh <laughs> who's told you that oh i might have read that on some sort of extreme vet website (laughs) maybe but no i'm with you i hear you they can they do move on you yeah so then so she had what i thought was a tick in her paw so i rushed her down they were so lovely at the vets and they said oh just bring her down now and um i rushed her in and and i handed her over and they took her backstage and they came back and (laughs) there's like a few of them that came back like all the different nurses a couple of the vets (laughs) to hand her over and I thought this is either really good or really bad anyway it turned out it was just a little seed oh. disguised as a tick so they were like mm, we're not gonna charge you but next time just like press around on it <laughs> <laughs> I mean I've got have... two sisters that are vets actually yeah but I was like apoplectic on the phone so oh, no. <laughs> I know no. so I think you know, all's well that ends well. But talking of that, so because you, obviously you've you've grown up with your two your two well your two older sisters are are both vets, um, and your dad is a science teacher and your mum is a GP. So that's a very scientific household that you've grown up with. Were you ever sort of tempted or gently persuaded in a certain sort of direction, or did you just know that you were always destined for more of a creative out out sort of output? Uh, yeah, I mean very much uh, a career in science was on the cards. I did, I loved science and I did, so in England you do um, 
A-levels. You, you still do A-levels, don't you? You know how each generation, they're like, oh, we did. I know, you- we did AS, and then we yeah. did. Uh- <laughs> yeah, anyway, so the, the exams that you do before you go to university or college, um, and there's four that you have to take. So I did three sciences and drama um, because I knew I wanted to do drama. And so then I was like, well, I might as well just three sciences goes well in that other slot. And I did, I did really well. Like I, I can't remember what I got. I think I got three A's and a B. I think chemistry, I got a B because, oh my gosh, chemistry. Oh my gosh, so hard. Um, Well, I failed my first year in chemistry too, which is a bit of a shame. Anyway. um, Who cares? I mean, you still get the best part because you get to play, isn't you get to play sort of a sciencey chemist on, on the show. So, you know, fake it till you make it, babes. (laughs) I know. And I just, I, I would spend sick days and weekends and stuff at my mom's practice. And I loved it. I loved being around her. I, she's so passionate about her job. And mm. there was, you know, that, that was very enticing to do something that you're so passionate about and you're helping people and all those things. They all pinged for me. But in the end, when it came down to it, I just, I knew I didn't want it enough. And I've, you know, I'd seen my sisters go to uni to do veterinary studies and it's just it's so hard you know both both veterinary and medicine and they're just they really take it out of you and you really have to want it you know what is it like five years and then you're still not done yeah I mean I think it's it's funny though isn't it I mean effort does breed reward or whatever they say and I think from my point of view I'd say you know yes okay so becoming a vet is very difficult um and you know there, there is competition and stuff but for you you know you've followed your dreams to not only being brave enough to sort of see that you could have done the sciences if you wanted to, but even earlier on, you clearly kind of recognized that, that, you know, that that's not necessarily the direction you wanted to go in and, and went down this, what I think is a harder path to follow your dreams than to something so unpredictable, like, like acting. Um, yeah. I am in awe of how much you've achieved. Uh, oh my God. Know, can you hear everybody's vomiting as they're listening <laughs> now to the, uh, to the podcast thinking, Oh God, James. <laughs> I've always been very grateful to have a drive. I've just focused on how hard medicine would be rather than what was on the other side. And the thing with acting is I didn't even really see the barriers. I just thought, well, I know I have to go for it. So I'm just going to go for it. And I'm, I'm fine doing the cleaning jobs or bartending or waitressing, whatever it is that means that I can keep trying to pursue that. Let's just talk a little bit about the realities of, of, of Maggie. Does she come on set with you when you're filming? Yeah, she does. I mean, the reason a lot of sets don't allow animals okay. because, you know, there's, there can be not dangerous places, but there's big trucks moving all the time. And But we um, worked on a lot where they allowed pets. So obviously then everybody has a dog. So where all our trailers were parked... Um, was that there were, we had like a little pen. So all our dogs would play together and Chloe bought her two dogs and then different people at Clark had a couple of dogs that he would bring in sometimes. So it was like dog daycare. I love it. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's one of the reasons why it was such a happy, healthy work environment. Wow. That's really interesting to hear that though, isn't it? I mean, yeah. you don't think of that. You sort of just from the outside in, I think people just see this kind of glamorous lifestyle, but I suppose um, having the pets around you, having those dogs around you, um, must must be really great to have a break and be able to just go and sit with Maggie for a bit and just chill out. And yeah, you exactly. do something emotional, emotional scene, or or something where you've really got to sort of go in and out of your your character. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, well, we'd all help walk each other's dogs and they'd play together. And I think when you're first starting to meet people and get to know people, it's such a connecting point talking about it's like talking about your kids, I suppose you talk about your yeah. dog. Yeah. Where do you take them and what dog park do you like? And, you know, I remember one of the early times that Chloe and I bonded is we went to a um, a pet shop and we bought them these new leather harness things. And it was just a cute. So then our dogs all matched and <laughs> it was a nice way to. Yeah, it's just a lovely way to connect with people. Isn't yeah. it? You know, Mutual a, ground, isn't it? You've got something yeah. straight away. There's a spark to say. And it just sparks up a conversation. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, and then they can be the biggest, burliest man, and they absolutely melt (laughs) of a little cute dog. And, you know, you see a different side of people. Has anything happened on set that has she ever caused any mischief? Has she sort of taken a poo in the middle of the, uh, in the middle of like some crazy scene or run on when she's not meant to? Um, No, she hasn't because they, so they were very much away from the stages, but oh, yeah. I had through, we would cut through the stages sometimes to um, like the costume department was on the other side of the stages. So you can either walk all the way around or you can just shoot straight through. And people always knew when I was shooting through, cause I'd take Maggie with me and, you know, I'd be able to run quite quietly in my little Uggs, but she, you know, her little claws would just be, but we'd shoot through it to be like clack, 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 clack. And then, before anybody knew it would be on the other side. The sound director's going, what the hell is that going back <laughs> Hold for sound. Hold <laughs> um, and then obviously, so growing up, you, um, what else did you have as well as your dogs then? Oh, we were very lucky. We're, our first pet that we ever had was a hen okay. called Henny. Um, Great. Amazing. So that was our first one. And then we had guinea pigs and Catherine, my eldest sister, she found a hamster, a gerbil one day. So we had a gerbil hamster for a bit. Uh, but mainly we were just so lucky. We were horse mad. So we had uh, ponies and dogs and the farm had a ton of cats, but they were always outside cats, although a couple would come in. Then my dad got some sheep, so we had some sheep for a bit, and then the neighbouring farmer had cows. And oh, and yeah, did I say rabbits? We had rabbits for a bit. And what about the horses? Then do you are you do you do any riding now? Oh, it's so uh, boring. Well, I bet you're not allowed to, are you? Yeah, that's the thing. Insurance, why? I mean, they would have probably let me, but if anything were to happen, it would have just been such a you know a hard thing to hide. And I spend. You know, well, yeah, I mean, if you break your arm, they can't wait, I suppose. I never thought about that. Continuity-wise, it's. I think it's probably harder if you're doing a movie. Like, you really have to be careful on that because, you know, that's a complete thing that you can't all of a sudden just break. You know, you don't film it in order, whereas... Um, with a TV show, they can write things in. We have had injuries along the way, and um, is it on um, your CV though? Have you ever have you ever sort of gone for a job and had to say, "Oh, that's all right. I can I can ride horses really well." Oh my gosh, yes, I'm desperate to book you do it a all horse time. job. <laughs> yeah, because then you know, and then everything's an expense. Have at it. Get someone else to pay for it. <laughs> yes, I'm desperate for one of those. Has Maggie ever been to the UK? No, she hasn't, and I was going to bring her over for this job I'm doing in, in England. But, um, you know, it didn't just didn't last. We were filming for just a little bit and then everything got shut down, obviously. So um, I think maybe next year we'll look at bringing her over. But I'm a bit, oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't want it to be selfish because I want her there. 
but um, she, I don't want to stress her out with the flight. Yeah. Well, if you do, I definitely want to come and have a call. <laughs> oh, my gosh, imagine her and Oliver. Oh, my God, stop. I can't deal with that. <laughs> I can't deal with that. We need to move on. Can you tell us about your new gig in London? Are you allowed to talk about it? Or? Sort of, yeah, I think so. It's um, an Apple TV show called Suspicion. And that's all I can really say, I think. Well, that's enough for me. Starring <laughs> alongside Uma Thurman, is it? Who's Uma Thurman's in it, yeah. Heck, great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I mean... We won't ask any more. As much as I'd love to get a spoiler, can you imagine if I just broke the internet with some great big spoiler about your new Apple TV? Uh, oh my God, let's uh, I do it! Do that. Uh, well, that's really exciting. And uh, thank you so much for coming on to talk to us about your, your life with animals new life in LA and uh, and all of the exciting things coming up. I'm so oh, I'm just so happy to be on this and I think it's just so brilliant. You've got such a brilliant way with um you know being able to really connect with people and I I have been desperate for a vet podcast and I've just never found one before and this is the stuff that I need. And oh, you, stop. oh yeah because I'm animal obsessed and I think most people are. And just a little thing about when you were saying about creativity and science and everything I think people should know that you are a very talented singer and <laughs> dancer remember what are you doing yes so if any tv shows are listening I'm desperate because you'd win <laughs> you are so naughty I'm cutting this off right now no well, no, it's very kind of you to say that. Well, you're a brilliant fan, and I'm so happy that this is this is allowing your voice to be heard because not everybody is lucky enough to, you know, be in your catchment area to bring their pet to you. This is kind of what I'm hoping from the podcast. If we can, if we can bring sort of people's voices together and and you know talk about how much pets mean to us and can share good, useful advice that that animals will then benefit as well through us having chats like this guy. yeah i love it thank you well i am subscribed everybody listening <gasps> subscribe write a review let's get that ranking up <laughs> thank you <laughs> and i will pay you later <laughs> oh no it's so kind lovely to chat um big hugs to maggie big hugs to zach and we will catch up very soon yay, yay. thank you <laughs> Well, I have got absolutely no idea where that last bit of music came from, so <laughs> apologies for that. Uh, this is what happens, you see, when you leave the most technically challenged person alone at their kitchen table to try and produce a podcast. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed the first full episode of Vet Together, and don't forget to send me your messages. You can email me on vettogetherofficial at gmail.com or find me on Instagram at vettogetherofficial. And wherever you're listening to this, please do hit subscribe and leave us a review. Do join me next week where I'll be meeting another pet-loving guest and I'll be answering more of your veterinary questions. It leaves me to say a huge thank you to my wonderful guest, Elizabeth Henstridge. And wherever you are, whatever you're doing, have a great week and I will see you very soon.